0: Isn't that a Walt Whitman quote? Walt Whitman might be on my list.
1: Of <laughs> <A> podcast hosts? <laughs> <laughs> or guests, I mean. <laughs> the ghosts of Walt Whitman?
0: Of picks that we're bringing to the table today for our themed oh. episode of Spring Reads. What else could I have been talking about? A
1: podcast
2: a seance? A se- yes. spring seance. Spring seance podcast guest. Spring- if you could have any author from any time period...
0: It might be Walt Whitman. It might be Walt Whitman. That's not bad. Top of my head. Nice. What about you guys?
1: I'd have Ernest Hemingway and just like <laughs> throw things at him the whole time.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I have a
1: guest, but I want to sit in on that
0: <laughs> Would Ernest Hemingway like stick around for long if you, you know, are throwing things at him? Also, probably counterpoint, not. he is, he's like ectoplasm. It's going to go right through him. He's he's probably a ghost. That's
1: true. just going to curl
0: insults at him. yeah.
1: I'll just insult his manhood. That would be worse than anything.
0: And you're listening to a little too quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast. It's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. My name is Jeff, and uh, that was once again on her on her tirade against Ernest Hemingway. Cricket is joining us.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: Jeff. And then Sarah, did you have an answer besides just watching the grudge match?
1: I want
2: to. I want to sit in on the cricket Ernest grudge match.
0: But author, you got to answer.
1: I have to answer. It's a requirement. I Have to. Jeff's
0: eyebrows are saying, "You must." Cricket also wants to know.
1: I for both,
2: not necessarily for literary literary value, but also some historic value. Like I would maybe say Louisa May Alcott.
0: Okay. All right. Good answer. Nice. Possibly better answers than both of us. Uh, you, you're. I mean, that's that's a good answer. I know it's a better answer than Hemingway. <laughs> Cricket Shell's violence. I'm like.
1: I love (laughs) hating him so much. I think it's just a blast.
0: Walt, I love your poetry. That's it. You know, I have nothing else. I
1: almost love hating him more than I actually love any other writer of that generation.
0: You love hating Hemingway more than you actually love other authors.
1: That's possible. Yeah. you. Okay. Yeah.
0: We are here today, as you saw, as the episode is titled, to talk about spring reads because it is, uh, we're deep into spring. But in Michigan, spring doesn't start on March 21st at least temperature-wise.
2: Spring starts this week. It really starts this week. It started yesterday, to be exact.
0: We want to be outside. We want to be podcasting outside. (sighs) It'd be better. Probably not for sound, though. So who wants to go first about talking about their spring picks? And maybe also if you want to qualify it with what influenced your picks. I have a spoiler alert for listeners. Well, it's not a spoiler alert because you're (laughs) going to find this out in 15 (laughs) seconds. Both of these librarians had, uh, quote-unquote, some difficulty making picks for this season. Yeah. You revealed to me earlier. Yeah. Spring.
1: Spring. Well, I mine actually ties into something we were just discussing, which is my hatred of Ernest Hemingway. Ooh. <laughs> so I was like, what is a springtime read? Like, what does that mean to me? And I was like, well, it's somewhat arbitrary. Um, sort of. So I was like, well, what do I always read in the springtime? And I have noticed a pattern of often reaching for books from the Jazz Age or the Lost Generation, mm-hmm. and I think it's because for me in the springtime, like I am a winter hibernator. I I go deep down under the covers. You I'm like in, warm weather, yeah. Anytime
0: and, you go on vacation, it's only the places that are warm.
1: Yeah, I went someplace cold once, and I regretted it. So in the spring, that's when I like to get back out there. It's when I start to leave the house again. I go to parties, I mingle, I socialize. It's like you know, I start to feel a little bit like. I'm going to the French Riviera with yeah. my artist friends. And like a
0: movable feast. Yeah. By Ernest Hemingway.
1: Eating food, drinking drinks, doing all kinds of things and like like clothes that you can wear out of like I get out of my soft clothes and I put on something that might have a little structure. Sure. A skirt perhaps. Um shoulder
0: pads. Uh, I almost <laughs> I don't know. I almost put a movable feast on my list but did not.
1: Oh, I would have thrown things at you. Great minds. Yeah. So this spring, um, I read Everybody Was So Young, which is a biography of Sarah and Gerald Murphy. And they hung out with Fitzgerald and Hemingway and Picasso. And they are credited with starting the season on the French Riviera. Like, I guess, back in the 20s, there was just nothing there. So they came and they built a giant house and started throwing fabulous parties. And they were also interesting people. They are like, mostly known for who they were friends with, but they were also very interesting people in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is a great biography. It's what we call nonfiction that reads like fiction. You really just get pulled along by what's happening to these people in their lives. And then I found out while reading that F. Scott Fitzgerald based his book, Tender is the Night, on, like the characters Dick and Nicole Diver are based on Sarah and Gerald Murphy. Oh. And then in the biography, I was reading about how angry they were when the book came out and how unflattered they were by these characters. So I said, oh, I got to read this book. So then I read Tender is the Night by F. Scott Fitzgerald, and I can see why they were pissed. Like, it is not, it is not a flattering <laughs> picture.
2: No.
0: Do you know what those two said, actually, in the papers? What? F. Scott Fitzgerald.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was like my fun little jazz age deep dive
0: so it was descriptive i'm imagining oh the french riviera and yeah they're like partying outside with lots of street side cafes and espressos and uh probably lots of
1: lots of champagne lots of champagne lots of pearls
0: espresso and champagne the sarah
1: murphy famously would go to the beach wearing a bathing costume and a long robe of pearls down her back mm-hmm. which uh, uh, nicole diver also does in the book um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was just kind of like that fun party atmosphere. Get out in the sun with your friends and have a good time again. That's Lovely. My, my little spring deep dive. Lovely. But I recommend them together as okay. a pair. Like read both books together or read Everybody Was So Young. Don't read Tender Is The <laughs> Night on its own without any of the fun context because I don't think I would have liked it nearly as much.
0: <laughs> That's, uh, oh, man. What was that pop song from 2010, uh, We Are Young? it's like uh, it's the oh, 1920s it's like answer to it thank you
1: and Janelle Monnet.
0: lowercase f with a period yeah band only lasted two years Sarah yes you're next
2: I'm gonna take us in a really different direction okay <laughs> let's go <laughs> a little bit though like if you think of that sort of age and then uh, maybe after so this is a book that just came out it's a it's a debut novel it's called In Memoriam by Alice Wynn, and this is like a gorgeous and deeply moving novel about two young men who fall in love amidst World War I. And you meet them when they are in like private, what we call private school. They oddly call it public school, which oh, is, is so England? confusing. They're yeah. English. England's yes. Confusing that way. So they are in what we call private school and they're like doing silly pranks and reciting poetry. And like they're just like these privileged young
1: Does the headmaster like them?
2: (laughs) No, it's much more idyllic than that. Like they get in trouble, but not like in trouble, trouble.
0: Mm -hmm. Good. So it's episodic.
2: Well, this is it. That part is just kind of
0: like the first quarter of the book. Oh, I thought that was gonna be the whole book. No, I'm up for that. Let's just chill out and read poetry (laughs) and And get into light antics.
2: The character that's that is the main poetry quoter. His name is Elwood. Mm -hmm. And he is one of the main characters uh so he and gaunt uh his buddy gaunt you can only call each other by your by your last name so they're buddies at this private school and the war seems like a long way long it's a long way away mm-hmm. and they initially both of them enlist for different reasons but because they're like these posh boys they in- immediately become officers which is mm. both good and bad in World War One. So they're still on the front lines. I don't want to spoil anything of the book. It's a long book. A lot of things happen. War is terrible. World War I is especially terrible. And But if you're thinking about sort of the themes of like hopefulness and rebirth, there is some of that in the book as well. The war parts are very difficult to read. But... I as a first novel I just found it really incredible the richness of the characters the author in her notes at the end also mentioned that throughout the book you see these like they're called honor rolls just not <laughs> just the opposite of what you think of is more like the list of people who are killed and wounded wow. during the war who went to that school and so she found his like historic honor rolls from the college that she went to or the whatever high school school that she went to and kind of pulled some direct quotes straight from those honor rolls which kind of make it even a little bit more tender and they're so young and um it was just like it's just such a gorgeous book and michelle another one of our librarians also read it Mm -hmm. recently and um, she and i just both uh, really gushed over it so it's called in memoriam it's a tough read, but it, it is, you know, hope, the hopeful and rebirth part of it is, um, is definitely a theme that runs throughout as well.
0: Wonderful. We are going to be going all over the place.
2: Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, even I'm going to go all over the place.
0: So we were in the Jazz Age, uh-huh. and then we jumped back 10-ish years mm-hmm. into World War I. Right. I'm going to jump us back 10 more years to 1908 when British novelist named Kenneth Graham Put out a children's book called the Wind and the Willows
1: Ah, uh, Mr. toad
0: which is a book <laughs> about a about a you know this sort of wooded forest swampy area where you have a a friend's group it's always it's always a foursome. I always feel like four is the magic number, and then you have kind of the the leader wise sage badger uh you have kind of the more flinty uh know it all ish rat uh and then you have the, I don't want any trouble, just let, going along for the ride mole. And then you have the wild card, <laughs> the troublemaker, Mr. Toad. And the book <laughs> The book is beautifully written, very descriptive, uh, enjoyable for an adult, even though it's directed to kids. And it's just all the descriptions of the animals and the weather and the grass and the water. And just, you know, you can hear the babbling brooks. And then it's also super whimsical and... Also quite funny, Mr. Toad becomes obsessed with uh, motor cars and tries to drive one and gets into accidents and it's they have to have an intervention. I think it's <laughs> I think it uh it's a really I don't know, it's a good way to like figure out who you are in your own friends group. <laughs> <laughs> who and, and who are you, Jeff? I'm Badger, 100 okay. percent Badger. Actually, this is already canon. I've already been declared a badger on this podcast once before. Uh, but again, um, a lot of the books, just like this one, are on my list because of the descriptiveness, because it makes me feel like I can feel the warm breezes, and I want to be outside like our bog monster over here. I want to be out there in the warmth. <laughs> so if you can describe all the warm, crisp weather that is coming in and making me feel like I am outside, which Wind of the Willows does to a T, uh, then you're on my list. So Kenneth Graham, Wind in the Willows. Actually... One of the few books I've given away, I haven't actually replaced my copy. I had one and I had a friend who had never read it and she seemed really interested in it. And I was like, here, take this. You need this more than me. And I gave it to her.
1: Jeff, they say, if you love something, let it go. I did. And I did. Yeah.
0: And I'm a badger. (laughs) And both of you are like a hybrid of mole and rat at the same time. Neither of you are toad. So you're in the clear.
1: I'm a really good driver.
0: You know, <laughs> this is something I should probably only share with Aaron and Julia, and I will later, but I do feel like either in another life or in my next life, I am either a toad or a badger. I feel like I could live in the willows. Uh, listeners, I'm staring up into space like I'm dreaming, and both right. of these two are just looking at me like, what is he talking about? He was
1: stroking his chin thoughtfully. I am thoughtfully.
0: Yeah. I, I might be- Having I might, bog dreams. I'm. Yeah, yes. I think I could live in a bog.
1: I think you could too.
0: And I'd probably be a badger. Anyway, what's your next pick, Cricket?
1: Well, I'll, I'll take a hitch on your outdoors theme. Yeah? Because again, You're going spring... to get out of
0: the motor car and crash with me and Toad? <laughs>
1: yes. Um, spring is a great time for me to get back out, outside after staying inside for probably five months or so. Um, and... Um, so I'm not a snow person, which has been established many times on cannon, this podcast. Also, canon. Um, and I'm not really a wilderness explorer person, but I like to read about other people exploring the wilderness and sure. camping and surviving. Sure. So it brings me to a book that Sarah actually picked for Ferndale Project Book Club last year, called *The River* by Peter Heller, which I did not expect to like at all and loved. Um, I was like, wow, two boys canoeing, having to survive in the outdoors. This sounds terrible. Guess what? It wasn't. It was great. I loved it. Terrific. Yes. And Then uh, piggybacking off of that, another survival book that, again, I didn't expect to like.
0: She's squeezing in two picks here.
1: I know. I did it last time too. I've just got duos today. It's um, Wild from Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail by Cheryl Strayed. I, when it came out, I was like, oh, it's like eat, pray, love, except she's hiking, and I, I wasn't really that interested, but then I read her other book, which is called like, Tiny Beautiful Things. It's like an advice column from Dear Sugar, and I was like, oh, I really like this person's voice, and I think she has interesting things to say. So I did read about her hiking in the wilderness from safely inside my house, and I lived vicariously. And I do remember there was one point where I was like, maybe I too could hike the Pacific <laughs> Crest Trail. And then I got up and I walked like from my house to my car and got 30 mosquito bites in the span of 10 feet. And I said, no, I will not hike the Pacific Crest Trail. But I loved reading about her doing it. It was so interesting. And I do like that, like, I don't know, man versus wild. Is that like a theme? Like, Yes. It just seems like everything's trying to kill you, but sometimes you prevail. Sometimes you get really bad blisters or... You throw your boot off a cliff and things get really dicey. But, you know, she made it out alive.
0: And- you know, there's a, this is the reason why I'll never be a, either a published author giving blurbs or a publisher per se, like an editor.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I would have given a blurb to this book or a subtitle that would have said, this is what happened when Cheryl strayed
1: nah. from the path. I mean, that would make me buy the book. Good. So I don't know why you're saying you shouldn't be in charge of that stuff. <laughs> instant.
0: instant. I think fired. both
2: of those books have great like man versus nature and man versus man.
1: Yeah. Conflicts. Yeah. Which. Because she's also going nice. back to like stuff that's happening in her life and her marriage. You know, she's grieving the loss of her mother.
2: And she has some, uh, she has a couple of interactions with people that are you know could have turned out much differently yeah yeah definitely
0: and the river also like wind in the willows is friend dynamic and what roles you kind of take on because one feels like a little older brothery ish or one it's who looks up to the other i feel like that comes into play in that book or at least it did for me
1: i might cry just thinking about it yeah
2: <laughs> i've read that book a couple times now and even though, you know, I know what happens in the end, like I have the same sort of like emotional response to it. And I do have to say he and I love Peter Heller. He is a fantastic outdoor writer. He he's written a lot of um, like long form articles for like outside magazine and things like that is there's a follow up book. (gasps) So if you love the river and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a there's like a sequel. Don't read it. Just
1: i didn't because you told me not to (laughs) just just
2: love the river for for the the end that it gives you you do not need to read more
1: i listened to your advice on that one thank you
2: thank you i just left it there the guide was terrible
0: is the next book called estuary (laughs) all right sarah what's your next book
2: so my next book i'm kind of like thinking about where to jump around here and i think my next book so we're kind of a little young man ish here is the art of fielding by chad harbach Mm -hmm. so this is a little bit older of a novel this is uh set during the spring baseball season so if you're feeling a little baseball-y uh at fake at a fake college uh in called westish college in um eastern wisconsin I'm
1: sorry, I've never
2: once in my life felt a little baseball-y, no? but please keep going.
0: I always feel baseball-y in April. Yes. Because that's when one feels baseball That's when
1: one
2: feels baseball-y. It is baseball-y season.
1: Okay. I'll look for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, okay.
2: So this novel, there is a lot of baseball in the novel, but I think that it also appeals to non-baseball fans because... It really creates, it's you know set at this college, it really creates this like dynamic of of characters and their interactions with each other. And it's both students and sort of like administration and faculty. So this is about a, a young shortstop named Henry Scrimshander. And Henry- I'm gonna have
0: to look that up.
2: Henry is about to set the NCAA record for most error-free games. He's a shortstop. And then when one game, Uh, Out of nowhere, Henry throws an errant ball and it hits his roommate in the face who's sitting in the dugout. Like, that's how bad the throw is. The dugout is far away from where the ball was supposed to go.
1: (laughs) Thank you. you, (laughs) No, I appreciate that.
2: So it seems like it could be kind of a gimmicky setup, right? Like, then their lives change forever. And you're like, okay. But the, the characters are they're nuanced enough that you kind of like, you see a lot of their flaws and yet you still really care about them. Um, There's just really these like great dynamics uh, that get set up. And you know me, I love like this college uh, vibe that they're, you know, it's just like not just the team, but again, you kind of like, you feel like you're there on campus with them. Um, so I, I did the, I read this book for the first time 10 years ago, maybe it's quite old. And These characters have just really stuck with me. Uh, This is also one of Jordan's favorite books. Uh, What was the title again? It's called The Art of Fielding. Ah, yes. And it is, it's such a Midwestern Mm -hmm. like vibe too. So (laughs) if you're into that sort of like Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio era, Um, it's a great, it's a great Midwestern read.
0: If you basically jump off of some sort of branch from Richard Russo, Jordan will like it. (laughs) If you're talking read likes. We're talking Reader's Advisory.
2: Jordan also loves Peter Heller. And Peter Heller.
0: Okay. Your first pick also involved a campus location. You just love school. I do. And you love school. I
2: do, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My next pick is staying in the uh, grassy, uh, you know, babbling brook locales. Uh, We're going to... Uh, the a, a, a rural region of northern England, I think also around the same time period. I can't really remember. Uh, James Harriet wrote a book <gasps> called All Creatures Great and Small.
1: Why are you gasping? Because I love it so All much. All Creatures Great and, and Small. I can't believe I didn't think of it for this. Uh,
0: up into the the rolling hills and valleys. The Dales. The Dales. The Yorkshire, the Dales. Dales. The Yorkshire Dales. In Erndale, there's a little pocket of streets that are called the Dales, uh-huh. and they are not as sweet and lovely and-
1: <laughs> They're, they're a flatter.
0: No, nope, not cows. a lot flatter. Uh, so this yes, young veterinarian's coming up, and he has to move into town, and he has to meet the locals, and he has to kind of deal with outdated equipment, and he has to like kind of mix with the quirky people and get to know them and ingratiate himself, stranger in a strange land, treat dogs, treat cows, treat. Yeah, exactly. And I just remember a lot of this book being about uh, traveling from house to house. Yes. Sometimes often by foot. And so again, if you're outside and you're describing the outside and you're describing those dales and I can see the green and the grass and also the cows eating the grass, then I'm there. I'm feeling springy. Also the spring is when we come out of I always feel like spring is you know it's the whole cliche of new beginnings or a restart etc and so if you are plopped into a new situation where you have to kind of get resituated, it just feels like a beginning or a new start or whatever so it, it just feels like a fresh thing and I don't know this is a sweet little thing I also love animals what could I say and spring is uh if you've never read that book I think spring's the best time to read all creatures great and small cricket would say all times would be Time. It's a
1: whole series. Yeah, that's right. You can follow his whole veterinary career across the Dales. Yes. And um, James Harriet. They are so cozy. It's cozy.
0: <laughs> and I don't know why. And I, you're going to find out that all my picks are cozy. You you have definitely gone very They're cozy. They're going to stay cozy. I don't know why my winter and fall picks are not cozy. My spring picks are cozy.
1: Wow, well, springtime. When yeah. a young man's thoughts turn to coziness. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm just going to pick the book that I'm reading now.
0: Because... Uh, that's cheating. <laughs> oh No, it's not because I'm doing that too.
1: <laughs> because... Where's my,
0: where's my buzzer? And eh.
1: This weekend, over the weekend, I finished Tenders the Night and I picked up another book that um, I was telling Sarah, I just, you know, obviously I read a review of it and I ordered it for the collection and I was like, that sounds good. And then it came in and I was like, I'm just going to check out this book. I forgot what it's about.
0: Is it Estuary, the sequel to The River? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is called Before We Were Innocent by Ella Berman, and um, I was partly attracted to it because the main character is living in an area of the California desert that I am very fond of. It's a place that I often vacation when I'm tired of being cold, um, but it's,
0: it's- I don't know if I've ever heard the words fond and vacation associated with desert, but then again, you in warm weather.
1: I mean, yeah. Me and uh, it's weird because I know I'm a bog monster, but I also like to just like dry out in the desert for a week every spring, and then I go back to being boggy. I contain multitudes, (laughs) like Mr. Whitman (laughs) and Mr. Milo. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, it seems like it's loosely based on the Amanda Knox story, which, if you haven't heard of it, is about this woman who is studying abroad in Italy when one of her roommates is murdered, and she gets blamed for it um and then ultimately gets acquitted and gets to come back to the united states but can't really like shake off everybody giving her the side eye so in this book it's a group of three friends who go to greece Mm -hmm. which is another place that's very beautiful that i like um
0: nice climate nice
1: climate Mm -hmm. very warm and um they're there for the summer and one of the three friends dies and then
0: they're no longer innocent
1: they (laughs) are Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's kind of the reverse, though. So we start in the present, and, and it's one of those where you keep flashing back until you ultimately meet in the middle and figure out what happened. And I don't know what happened because I'm only a third of the way through, but I am so riveted, just absolutely riveted. Um, so it's a good little psychological thriller. I always throw a psychological thriller in because I like a little psychological thrill. Nice.
0: Sarah, what's your next pick?
1: So,
2: like Cricket, I was like, what what feels springy and, well, what I'm reading now in the springtime feels kind of springy. So it's called This Bird Has Flown by Susanna Hoffs.
1: Uh-oh.
2: The lead singer of The Bangles. Mm-hmm. And this is her first novel. And it feels a little first uh Uh-oh. But it is filled with like... M- musical bits and a lot of descriptions of what she's wearing you know she describes this cardigan as her kurt cobain cardigan like you can just really like have a sense of people from a certain generation like where she's at so this is a novel about a singer songwriter named jane smart and in the book she has had like really a one hit Uh, And the song that was her one hit is written by a prince-like character. In the book, his name is Jonesy. But like all the descriptions, you're like, she is definitely talking about prince. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, Oh, so is it an Egyptian prince who teaches her how to walk? (laughs)
2: Like?
0: Sorry.
2: (laughs) And... Um, so she's not really had a hit sense and she's kind of like floundering a little bit and she's like playing at a bachelor party in Vegas. Huh. And so her manager flies her to London where she can like hang out and try to get her writing groove back. And on the plane, she meets this Oxford professor named Tom Hardy. Oh, my. And they, like, make out on the plane.
0: Oh my gosh, Mad Max. Is it
2: before
1: or after he wrote Jude the
0: Obscure? Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> so all of these references come up, like, not that Tom Hardy and not that Tom Hardy. Like, um, And so he, like, doesn't know who she is, which seems hard to believe. Um, so they start this, like, just this fizzy little romance and they're wandering around Oxford and it's all sun dappled and there's you know people are crewing on the river and there's honey everything is honey hued honey hued buildings and
1: it's and
2: with the little Kurt Cobain cardigan sweater like it's very like it's light it's kind of fluffy Um, it feels very atmospheric Um, I'm only about a maybe a third into it Um, and I'm definitely going to finish because I kind of want to know like how this is all going to work out, but I also know exactly how this is all going to work out. And I'm, it's not going to surprise me,
1: which is (laughs) fine sometimes, right? Because you want a nice predictable read where everything fits into place the way you expect it to. Yes.
2: And I just read this world war (laughs) one book where like. More than half the characters died horrific deaths, so I'm like, this is perfect. Spoiler alert! It's well, like a it's not monster. a spoiler alert. It's World War One, so yeah, this is like, it's light, it's fun. This world bird has flown by Susanna
1: Hoffs.
0: So were you singing "Walk Like a G- Egyptian" or were you? Singing- no, I was singing
1: "Everything I Wanted," which is another Bangles song. Okay, but they had more than one. song. Unlike James hey. Smart, the Bangles had like a whole album's worth of hits. Yeah. Hazy Shade of Winter. Hazy Shade of Winter
0: is my the jam. The yeah, Bangles sure. can
1: write an amazing bridge. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. their bridges, and there's often like a really rousing keychain that just like makes your heart leap out of your chest.
0: Uh, Bangles are great. Manic Monday. Hey, today's Monday. Uh, <laughs> my next pick is a book that i'm not sure exists because i only know of one other person who's read it and i don't think we own it and it's very hard to find maybe you've both heard of it though it's called the book of flying by keith miller and as far as i know we'll do some fact checking this is still the only book that this author has only ever put out and it's you quote uh, author because that sounds like a pseudonym it sounds like a code name keith miller i don't know Keith, if you'd rather come on the podcast. Sounds like
2: one of your dad's friends.
0: (laughs) Could could be, right? (laughs) Your baseball coach. Yeah. This is a highly descriptive, highly poetic fantasy, uh, modern fable, quasi-take on perhaps the Odyssey mixed with a little bit of Jim Henson's The Storyteller. It it has like a certain whimsy to it and a, a lot of melodrama, but like... Is it cozy? Oh, it's uh, it's cozy. I it's cozy. Okay. It's a book about this character. He's named Pico. He's a poet and he's a librarian and he's a hopeless romantic and he's kind of a Romeo character and he's wandering the streets of his fantastic town. I can't he can't kind of invents like this alter world like With game of thrones it's like it's not earth it's like this other land it's this other fantasy land and he's a poet and a librarian wandering the towns and he falls in love with this girl but for some reason and i can't remember why but maybe you could read it he's forbidden from ever being with this girl in kind of a romeo and juliet sort of way tragic oh i remember why she has wings
2: of course she does. So because like, there are
0: angelic people walking around and because he does not have wings, but he falls in love with the
1: winged her. And the unwinged cannot.
0: And as one does, when you're putting books away, he finds something in the library and he finds out about this place where he can go called Morningtown. And when you go, <laughs> listen, stick with me. It is like fantasy cheese ball, but it's written for adults. And you just want to like, if you are in your like, I want to feel like I'm 12 years old and like I'm reading One of the Willows again. So you can go to Morningtown, and that's a place where you can actually gain wings. I don't know if it's like it doesn't get into the specifics. Nothing Do you gets into in...
1: save George Bailey. From...
0: It's all magic. It's all listen. It's all magic. It's all magic. Just a bell ring every time? It's All magic. When you get to Morningtown, the uh, those who don't have wings, the flightless, can can then be given wings, and then they can be together, and they'll be happy. But he, uh, the book is all about. Uh, his journey there and who he meets along the way and that's sort of the odyssey thing he meets a minotaur he meets uh uh the robber queen he meets an immortal he meets a dream seller anyway he just hangs out with these people and kind of gets their anecdotal stories but keith miller pseudonym maybe i think is secretly like a food critic or a travel writer Mm. because the magic of this book is the rapturous way in which he describes every place and every cup of tea and peach and whatever this character eats it is flat out <laughs> sumptuous description so uh, I would say the book of Flying is definitely cozy it's a, certainly low stakes and you're just gonna be in a fantasy world and it's and it's super fun book of flying
2: Thanks Jeff yeah. if, if there's no audiobook for this I nominate you
0: okay all right yeah. happy to do it to narrate. The story let's i would
2: do. i would listen to that
0: came out in 05 penguin put it out it's like a thing it's out there in the world uh goodreads good reviews well
2: let's let's tag penguin
0: all right if you just want to be like you know so there's a lot of description of i feel like with this book there's a lot of descriptions of he meets the minotaur or the robber queen or the dream seller and uh they kind of just like he they're like all right well kind of like a airbnb you want or, or like a, a hostel you want to stay over i know you're on the way to get your wings or anything you want to just hang out there's a cot in the back and there's all this description of waking up hey there he is he's a real person he's a real person of waking me. up in the morning and like drinking coffee there's a lot of like morning descriptions sunrise description and i just felt and i read this book at the end of winter so i felt the chill coming off my bones with this warm whimsical book anyway that's the book of flying Keith Miller. Cricket, focus.
1: I I got distracted by, like, wondering who this man is.
0: Travel writer, food critic.
1: And he has other books. Well, there you go. One of them is called The Book of Fire. (gasps) One of them is called Habitation of Dragons.
0: That would have been better if it was called The Book of Dragons. (laughs) Just keep the theme going. And then there's another
1: one that's called The Taste of New Wine. And I wondered if it was, like, actually about wine tasting. But... um. I can't find that out right now. Has to be a food critic. Yeah, he likes food. Yes. And librarians apparently. And wings. And road trips. And road trips. It's a road trip book. I love a road trip book.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. All right. What's your next pick?
1: Well, I wanted to talk about one that I'm looking forward to reading, even though it hasn't come out yet.
0: Uh, Also cheating, but go. You. There, there's no rules.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it comes out May second. Okay, fair. Patiently waiting. Um, and it's called Did You Hear About Kitty Carr by Crystal Smith Paul. And it's another one of these books where you start in the future, you go back in time, back to the future, back in time, eventually. I love time jumps. Find out the thing. What is the thing? What is the mystery? And the, what the mystery allegedly is. is this is that, not the um, first
0: time you've described a mystery book as what is the thing?
1: What is the thing? Yeah. It's the whole point of the mystery. What is the thing? And then
0: you find out the thing. <laughs>
1: yeah um so it's about a very famous white actress who when the book opens she's very old and she dies and she was very very famous and made millions of dollars and she leaves it all to these three sisters they are black and seemingly completely unrelated to her in any way like seeming to have never met her so um yeah the story opens where they've they found out they've inherited millions they don't know why, and then you jump back in time. And apparently we find out why. I don't know why, because it hasn't come out yet, but I'm excited <laughs> to find out why. And it has great pre-reviews on Goodreads. You know how like people can get the nut galley and everything, and like everybody loves it already. So I can't wait. Find out the thing. Nice. Yeah.
0: May second.
2: May 2nd. Excellent.
0: Sarah, what's your next pick?
2: My next book is called Wild Rain. By Beverly Jenkins. Whoa! <laughs> because I have to pick a genre, romance.
0: Friend of the podcast, former uh, guest.
2: Friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. Beverly Jenkins. This might be one of my favorite Beverly Jenkins books. So this book stars Spring Rain, not
1: Winterbuds.
2: Not Winterbuds. This is Spring Rain, and she is just such a great uh, main character. So this book is part of her like old west slash women who dare series and i like this series a lot because it's historic but it's not regency uh they're set in wyoming but it's diverse and it's characters who've really like in a lot of different ways have carved out uh lives for themselves uh, amidst you know against all odds So Spring Rain uh, is included in that. She has experienced quite a bit of trauma in her life, both from people she knows and people she doesn't know. And she's just like living her life. Uh, She's totally fine being on her own. Um, She has a respectable business. Uh, She has good friends in this little community that she lives in. Her brother is also there. So this journalist shows up from D.C. His name is Garrett. And Garrett is there to interview her brother, um, as being like one of the few sort of like black doctors uh, working in the West. And Garrett and Spring, spoiler alert, start this relationship. And I just really loved how, it. How is that
0: a spoiler she, alert in a romance novel? I'm
2: just kidding.
1: Well, they, won't they? Will they, won't they?
2: <laughs> Will they, won't they? Find out the thing. She is, and Spring is like, she's a little prickly. Like she has definitely a hard shell that she's developed over the years. And Garrett kind of like slowly works his way in. Um, I like the series a lot, this book included because it's both very domestic. Like there's a lot of like, here's what the kitchen looks like, and here's what they're making for dinner, and this is what they packed to take on the road. Like it's just like a very feels very intimate. Um, and then it's also because it's in Wyoming, there's, you know, a little bit of like westerny sure action happening Is as it well. Dusty. Yeah, there's there are probably some dust. Okay. I think they are um just had a bad spring snowstorm at the beginning of this book. Um so they're kind of like uncovering from that. So I just really loved their their romance. Her books, I would say, are a little less spicy than I typically tend to read. How many chili peppers? Two and a half. Okay out of five Mm -hmm. but um her the way that jenkins writes i just find so engaging her characters are like knowable but also feel um you know pretty fleshed out Mm -hmm. um and she's gotten me out of reading slumps more than once also this is a i can't remember the name of the narrator but this is an excellent audiobook i listened to it Mm -hmm. nice as i do many romances
0: I have another pick and it's cozy. <laughs> and so it's
2: set in a bog.
0: It's <laughs> it is it's still in England though. Uh England. They have they
2: have bogs there. And like
0: yeah. the, this fantastical land that Keith Miller describes is is vaguely Italianish, england fourteenth Renaissance-y kind of thing. And cobblestone streets, et cetera. Uh and then of course uh I had uh 1908 with uh all Creatures Great and Small. And what was my first pick? Oh, Wind in the Willow. So I'm just very British today because this next pick takes place in England as well. Now, I don't know if this author is British. I'm gonna take a wild guess. Rachel Joyce, who wrote The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Frye. Uh, that was kind of her big book. Cricket is fact checking me right now. This book is called The Music Shop. And uh, it has a very uh, catch- uh, catching cover. And it is about this record store owner in the late eighties, which is a perilous time to be a specifically record store owner because eight tracks have kind of come around but they haven't really supplanted vinyl but now CDs are really becoming a thing and they are challenging vinyl. Anyway, Frank loves his music shop. Uh, It's kind of near a a boardwalk setting and it's not overtly said that this is spring but it said, a character says early on like, hinting that a few months ago it was Christmas and there's a lot of description of what I would call jacket weather. Mm. (laughs) And so when Frank, when Frank's in his music shop, it's obviously, it's very, it has a lot of like Rob from high fidelity vibes and the comparisons are inevitable and he, but he's not cynical or jaded or emo make fun
1: of what people buy he
0: absolutely doesn't he is like a librarian he's very much like you both if someone comes in he wants to find you the perfect record nice. he wants to learn about you he wants to do what's that interview called is it like an interview Sarah A reference interview a reference interview but with music and he'll connect you with whatever you need it could be any genre so sounds
1: like a consummate professional
0: he loves it and it's so tragic that sales are down because the cds are coming in and this Stores on a dead end street anyway, so who's going to come in? But this one girl comes in, this mysterious girl in a emerald green jacket, uh, named Ilsa.
1: She sounds like a manic pixie dream girl. It, well, <laughs> and that's that I was
0: is, wondering with the winged creature from the last book, too. And that is, and you know, old Keith does not do a good job of giving that character substance. She's kind of this MacGuffin that he has to go to. <laughs> But uh, Ilsa is certainly like the co-star and gets depth and you get to meet her and you get to know her. The only thing is she's German and she's still learning English. So there's this language barrier. But of course, Frank falls immediately in love with her and he is kind of thrown off by her because he doesn't know how to, because he's got his own baggage. He's got his own trauma. She's got her own trauma and they go on these not exactly dates where they are hanging out, but they're just kind of like helping each other because they're both broken people. And it was just, you know, kind of beautiful. And I really picked this book up thinking, this sounds cheesy. And in a way, it was. But damn it if I didn't like it. Uh, so it is uh, about all these long walks that they go on in the springtime in England. And they talk a lot about music. And uh, so this is like a, a less cynical high fidelity. I would recommend it. That music nice. The Music Shop by Rachel Joyce,
1: who was born in London, by the way.
0: There you go. Thank you, Cricket.
2: You're welcome. And I wonder what. What is the difference that Ilsa is a well-rounded character
0: versus the book of flying?
1: What could be? is it just that she like features?
0: Mama? Are we getting for puns here? No, that that it's written by a woman. Ah, that is the difference. But Keith barely has like the love interest on the page. It's literally like he doesn't even make an attempt to. That's just again. I'm still recommending that book. <laughs> But like there's no attempt even made. It's it's understood at the beginning that you're just gonna have to take this guy's word for your for yourself that she's amazing.
1: Yeah, because it's not about their relationship, it's about him. It's
0: about meeting people and eating wonderful food.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: literally all that book's about. The music shop is about this this character, Ilsa. So
1: Is she quirky?
0: She's no, she's 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 melancholy. She she needs someone. But it's the kind of thing of like you can't just give her a record or a mixtape, it's not going to fix that. And it's about both of them growing together. So, it's wonderful.
2: That sounds like that
0: would be a good book club book. Almost, but I don't feel like enough happens. Okay. It's a it's a if it was it's sort of like uh, those Julie Delpy Ethan Hawk movies where it's like, "Oh, you're just going to be hanging out with these two people and they're just going to learn about each other." Yeah, oh, yeah. Like the uh Before, Before sunset. sunset. Yeah. After Sunset. Not enough really going on for the book club. Folks Still read it. Pick it up. It's my recommendation. Do you guys have any other picks?
2: That was all my picks. Or
0: honorary mentions?
2: The, I would like to honorary mention two books that I'm looking forward to reading. <laughs> like Cricket picked one that's coming out soon. Uh, came out last week is Romantic Comedy by Curtis Suttonfield, who's one of it. my favorite authors.
0: Suttonfield. How do I know that S- name?
1: She wrote. eligible, which has been spoken about on this podcast many times.
2: I almost put eligible on my list
1: and then I thought,
2: no, I think I've talked about this before, but Cricket's one word Goodreads review of eligible. Do you know what it is? Delightful. Delightful.
0: <laughs> so does romantic comedy take place on a TV set? Is that the gist here? I don't I...
1: know. I haven't read it yet. I think it's I... supposed to take place on the set of a show that's similar to SNL.
0: That's what I've heard. Okay so and then bad.
1: one of my favorite authors
2: who writes nonfiction, fiction and poetry is named his name is luis alberto urea he has a new book out coming out that i think in may. It, and yeah so it might be that first week in may as well so i'm looking forward to reading that as well what's that one called oh uh, i can't remember now <laughs> luis alberto urea you could pick up anything he's written he is um, just a really fantastic writer. House of Broken Angels was his last book that oh, I really yes. enjoyed.
0: This one's called Goodnight Irene.
2: Thank you. Goodnight Irene. Yes. It's on my to-read list. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: I so think I have a don't hold. Don't get in touch with me or Sarah the first week in May. <laughs> we yeah. are spoken for. That's right. <laughs> we are bit Spring
0: is a time to be looking forward and you're both looking forward to to new books. Yeah. And I mentioned Walt Whitman. Honore mentioned leaves of grass. I think that there's a reason Poetry Month is in April. I think spring just feels like a natural time to be walking out into the warm sunlight under a tree, perhaps, sit down with a book of poetry.
1: Maybe read it out loud to your friends.
0: Recite it out loud even to your woodland friends. To your woodland friends. (laughs) Yeah, to my badgers. Like uh, just to you know, reading out loud in general is sort of restorative and healing and rejuvenating in its own way. Yeah, I do it sometimes.
2: I think somebody should write a children's book where a librarian goes outside and takes off their sweater because it's just warm enough. Their Kurt
1: Cobain cardigan.
2: Their Kurt Cobain cardigan, and they read a book aloud, and woodland creatures come a calling.
0: That would be great. And that's, then James that's Harriet. My, that's my book pitch. And then James Harriet could come along <laughs> and say, "Is everybody feeling all right? Yeah. Does yeah. anybody need a checkup?"
1: It'll take place in a bog area.
2: <laughs> it could be boggy. Yeah, we yeah. will.
0: He checks on the toad. Yeah. Think, he thinks the toad has a sore throat, but it's just the toad talking. It's just
2: a, a little duck family a little wanders froggy. over.
0: Yeah. A uh. <laughs> Good spring picks today. Uh, so put holds on Good night, Irene and. No,
2: not I'm I'm going I'm first in line. I already put you down on the spreadsheet. So. And
0: Wild Rain before, or whatever else you guys had on your list that isn't out yet by cheating. <laughs> Uh, I always appreciate you guys coming back onto the podcast to continue to talk about season books. We should do summer part two. I already declare that we should do summer part two.
2: This collecting titles for this definitely gave me some ideas. I was like, no, that's a summer book. Yeah, that's a summer book. Like, yep. I'm ready. I'm ready to come back with summer won't part two. I will stop until
0: you make me stop. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, winter birds, spring rain, summer sisters, and I don't know what we had for fall, but Bogs. Bogs.
1: Bog monsters. <laughs>
0: You've listened to another episode of A Little Too Quiet. It's the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. Uh, Thank you to John Duffy for our intro and outro music, and thank you to my guests. That was Cricket and Sarah, and you'll find their pics on our website and in our show notes. If you want to support this podcast, go to ferndalefriends.org, but please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.